Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey, folks. Welcome into this edition of Hardwood Handicappers on Wednesday, January 17th. I wanted to update the audience before you get into a good episode today that we did record before the news came down of the unfortunate passing of Warriors assistant coach Dayan Milojovic, who was hospitalized last night in Salt Lake City after suffering a heart attack at a private team dinner. I uh, want to extend our condolences, obviously, out uh, to the families and those who are affected by the unfortunate passing of Coach Milojovic, uh, but wanted to inform our audience before you hear today's episode, while we do talk about the game being postponed, and uh, the bets and everything like that, that we did record before the unfortunate news that he had passed. We also did record um, right before the news finalized that Pascal Siakam was traded to the Indiana Pacers, but you will hear our thoughts on that as well. So again, our thoughts to the Warriors and to the family of Coach Milijovic. A very unfortunate passing lets us all know that we should uh, hold on to the people that we love very, very dearly. Now on to the episode. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on Wednesday, January 17th, and a full crew intact. It is at Cohen. Kelly Bidlin is here as well. And we got a lot to get to. We've got a lot to get to because there is news in the NBA that broke yesterday that we can discuss. Um, Of course, we have a postponement in the daily schedule, which ties into a larger conversation I wanted to have anyway. So... With that, we welcome in the two guys, and we begin with the news. We dive right in. It seems that the Indiana Pacers might be on the verge of acquiring Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Now, the news yesterday was that they are in advanced conversations. Nothing has broken since Sham Saranya's initial report. Uh, We had reports of three firsts, Bruce Brown. Uh, There was alleged rumors of the the, uh, desire that Toronto wanted Jairus Walker, their Mm -hmm. rookie forward, uh, as part of the deal as well. Um, we'll just start with the initial thing because nothing's final. I tell you, Pascal Siakam's in Indiana, Bruce Brown's in Toronto, Kelly Bidlin thinks what? Um, it doesn't do much for either team. And uh actually my my initial reaction just off of reading that is wow, you can get this much for Pascal Siakam? Like 
he's a fine player. He's he's good. I, I don't know that he's great. I, I it just it just felt like a lot. I, I'm 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 trying to reserve judgment completely until I see you know the full details of whatever trade this might be going forward. But I, that was my first reaction. Was just it felt like a lot uh, to be getting in return for for Pascal Siakam. Can I add really quickly? I don't know if it's so much my response was, oh, you get this for Pascal Siakam. My response initially in my head was, why didn't you get more for OG Ananobi? Right? Like if this, if potentially three firsts, a player that can be flipped for something in Bruce Brown and maybe another young player as part of the package can be what you get for Pascal Siakam. I don't think you're getting something equal, right? Because OG Ananobi's value is down, but and I like Emmanuel quickly, and I like R.J. Barrett, but I feel like you could have gotten more if this was the package for Pascal Siakam. I, I, I mean, completely agree. I, I, I just think, yeah, I think with OG, that was, I think what that trade was, was a, it was a reminder, was a stark reminder maybe of how much his value had dropped from when, you know, we were having the same discussion about him basically a year ago. So, yeah, I... I think that one I eventually understood from that is from that standpoint. But yeah, I think for, you know, if it was a year ago, six months ago, we were having the same kind of discussion. We would have thought that you were getting a whole lot, you were, would get a whole lot more for OG over Pascal. So I, Zach, I don't know what you thought about those. That was my initial reaction though. And these, I, and, and if it's a trade that does go through, I mean, what Toronto's, Toronto's trying to, you know, I, I think rebuild around Scotty Barnes and some of the pieces they have there. And Indiana, you're talking about a mid, it's still a middling Eastern Conference team to me that that's not going to push them over the edge of really competing for anything. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. I don't think that this move makes the Pacers good enough that you go in and do it. I think that you need those picks to build around Halliburton because I don't think your window is any time in the near future. I know that they're good now, fun team to watch. I just don't think this is actually making them an Eastern Conference contender. So I don't think that giving up three picks is what you want to do. I think you need to nail those draft picks in order to become, you know, the best version of yourself. And similarly, I think that's a good, it's a good move for Toronto. I mean, I would like to see them grab a young player in the deal, but it seems like they're getting extra picks for not getting Walker, which is fine with me. I mean, with the, as far as Adenobi goes though, I'm higher on quickly than most. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I look, I think, you know, too, I like quickly a lot. Mm-hmm. I just feel like even with OG Ananobi, like that, I like you can miss me with the, it was a Detroit second. No, it's still a second round pick. Like you can throw, you can get a first, you know what I mean? Like, I feel right. like you could have gotten a little bit more from OG Ananobi and, and, and what he's worth and, and his positional value, right? We're talking about a three and D wing. Like those things don't grow on trees. Like those are very, very a hot, very much a hot commodity. And I'll be very interested to see like what Dorian Finney Smith, gets on the trade deadline, right, for Brooklyn when OG Ananobi, like, got what he got. And, again, I like Emmanuel quickly a lot, too, and R.J. Barrett could be something as well. But it's just interesting to see what you could get back. And, by the way, if I'm Indiana or if you – excuse me, if I'm uh, Toronto, do you not just go, all right, we'll keep one of those first-round picks. We want Jairus Walker. You know what I mean? Like, I think Walker's got some real potential to him. I'd want Walker if I were if I were Toronto for sure. Like I would, I, I think you need a young player in this type of deal. You don't want to make all those picks yourself. Like I think that Walker would also be a really good fit next to Barnes. It's like a small ball five that could also be incredible defensively. You'd have a really good core with quickly Barnes and Walker. All three of them play both ends. Yep. All right, I'm going to ask the boring question because I, I think it's a boring answer. And I gave a boring answer when Tim asked me this question yesterday. Let's say the trade goes through. Let's say it's the pieces that we that has been reported. Zach, I'll start with you. What future bet to make? Anything? Mm, I, I mean, like you could do, you could go an all you could go in season win total under on the Raptors. Like, yeah, 
Is that, what you're, is that all you said too? <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like if Indiana, I don't know if the adjusted win total for Indiana is like maybe like 47 and a half, like maybe that's playable 46 and a half. They're on pace right now to win 45 games. Um, but like, this is it. I think this is part of a larger conversation, which is generally everybody wants to react to the trades in the NBA. And I always joke with Kelly around trade deadline time. Like, nah, actually the boring answer every time I go on the shows, is like, no, there's no bet to make like everything's kind of factored yeah. in like we're all good like there's nothing really that's earth shattering that's going to change here and outside of adjusting your day-to-day power ratings and looking for angles to play on with some of these teams there's not much that you're garnering from a betting standpoint for either team if the deal is as reported i was just looking to see if there was odds on the pacers not to play in the play-in but they don't have it currently up yeah i wish they would hang nose on that the the plans are just index props for anybody who's listening who haven't seen them so it's just you know pick your team in a plus price and that's about it yeah they're uh pacers minus 135 to participate in the play in and raptors plus 150 i was going to look at current win totals but they're not up right now either Mm -hmm. all right well that was an easy conversation nothing's official (laughs) yet either and i know i will and I, i will be interested to see if another team maybe gets involved and tries to swipe this deal out from under the feet of Indiana only because it is pretty interesting that Shams would say it's advanced talks and we're like 12 hours later and nothing has really come through officially yet. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So the generally yeah. I would think that that would mean that some other team caught wind of this. and was like, no, 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 no. We, we got to make a push here. We at least got to call and see if we can get in on this. So. Well, it's weird. Cause he has to pretty much agree to an extension. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the Pacers, are somewhat okay with trying to convince him to stay once he's there, but that could be a recipe for disaster because I don't know, like there are going to be teams throwing him contracts this summer that are going to be really hard to turn down. The Sixers being one of them, maybe they think they can get him on the free agent market, not have to actually make a move for him. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Zach. Cause yeah, I, I don't think, I think that's probably the current problem or current issue with this, right? It's Siakam and you're going to have to extend them and you've got to be sure you're going to extend them. Hey, I don't believe for a second the Pacers are offering that kind of package to Toronto if they haven't had those kind of talks. So they reportedly, they, they haven't, or Kelly. Yeah. One report <laughs> says that they, that, that they feel crazy. confident that yeah. they could convince him to sign. That and is it, crazy. It is oniony, but it, I, I guess part of the pitch is. Here's three. Well, how many seasons? How many months we got left? Three, four months, whatever. Plus yeah. maybe the postseason. Here's three months playing with Tyrese Halliburton. What do you think? You know what I mean? I think that's like the pitch essentially. So, but your point for anybody listening, the, Pascal Siakam is going to be a free agent. If for those who don't know, and a vast majority you probably do, but for those who don't, and there is a reality in which you trade for him and then he leaves in free agency. There's a reality because it was reported just a week ago that you trade Toronto all these pieces. He goes to Indiana, plays out the rest of this year, and then goes, sweet, Toronto's way better. And then he goes back to Toronto that just got all of these pieces, and they get Pascal Siaka back. That would be wild, and I kind of wish it would happen, just because it would be great. I heard it brought up the other day, and I'm blanking on who brought this up. And now, now I can't. I just can't get the idea out of my mind of Pascal Siakam being take getting a big bag and being stuck on the Detroit Pistons for like the next five years. That was a weird one. Is they're interested? I'm like, why are they interested? (laughs) Yeah, but that just feels right to me. That feels right. Like, yeah, that feels like a Pistons move, and like Pistons that will keep you hovering around like 25 wins for like the next four years. Have fun. Yeah, I think. Bond Temps put it pretty well on one of the more recent. Uh, um, uh, oh, I think that was Zach Lowe. I heard that from about the Pistons. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- Glad you brought those guys up. I think it was Zach Lowe. Well, because Bond Temps put it well, which is he actually thinks the Pistons are going to be like faux buyers at the deadline, just because they're like do. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing the way Bond Temps put it because he put it much smarter. But essentially, it was like, dude, no, we're not this bad. 
Like we 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 have right, to maximize yeah. what we've got here and and, and try to at least do something, uh, which is going to be pretty interesting. Like for example, like um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich probably should be a hot name at the trade deadline. They were kicking around the fact that they don't think he's going to get traded. So yeah. and that well, would be part floored. of Detroit trying to maximize whatever little nonsense they have over there. I was floored last year where they didn't trade him. It, 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 both yeah. him and Jordan Clarkson when they didn't get traded the trade deadlines, and then there was like similar reports coming out of both teams that like that the coaches had loved, like loved the veteran presence that both of those players had around these younger groups of players and thought it could help grow, help grow the young player. I was like, I mean, that's great in theory. It's just kind of not the way you see most NBA teams operate. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you're talking about someone like Boyan or Clarkson, like these guys that are instant offense off the bench that stretch the floor that, you know, so many championship teams would love to add pieces like that along the way. Speaking of Jordan Clarkson, that leads me to my next topic, the Boom. Utah Jazz. So the Jazz, 15-4, uh, straight up and against the spread in their last 19 games. But I wanted to bring up Utah in the big picture, and I wanted to start with our, our resident Matador, who was a Bulls whisperer for a while, and then a uh, Jazz uh, pianist for a while, I guess. Can we, we use that <laughs> clever term? Um, Utah's like all the rage right now, because now after 19 games, people are starting to notice. And so I'm getting a whole bunch of like, hey, what do you think? Hey, we're betting them to make the playoffs. Hey, what is this? Hey, what is that? I mean, less than a week ago, Zach, we're talking like a 10 to 1 to participate in the in the play. You know, now I think we're talking about a lot of value getting sucked out of this team. I even got a text about Jazz NBA finals prices where I was like, oh, all right, I think man. we're getting a little, little too egregious here. So is there any juice left in this thing? Not from a betting standpoint, because I think we can talk about that. I was actually going to be on the Warriors today. Um, but from a future standpoint, is there anything left with Utah given this run and the fact that the market, I believe, has caught up? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm as high on them as anybody. I would say that the best bet you're going to make is it's like plus 150 on them to participate in the play. And I think that's the ceiling for this year's team. Like, I do think that they're a team with a really, you know, a really bright future and they're a team that is competitive right now. But yeah, finals, <laughs> making the playoffs, I do not see it. Uh, I think that that's the best you're going to do is the plus like 150 or so for them to be a top 10 seed. Yeah. I, okay. I'm glad yeah. I wasn't. I'm glad, Kelly. I'm glad I'm not the. Uh... I'm not crazy and thinking like, oh, let's, let's pump the brakes here a little bit. It's a good run, but uh, no, it's yeah. I'm, it's been incredible, and I think it's it, it's so incredible to me because I don't, I still don't really understand how like why this is working. <laughs> like, like, you know, like Walker Kessler's like coming off the bench these days, right? Like, like he's like one of their best players. And I, well, I understand it. You just kind of can't play him and Collins on the floor together, so that's an issue. It's just a, it's an oddly constructed team that, you know, I don't think that they ever expected to be this good right now and probably thought they'd have to go through a couple more transaction cycles, if you will, before they really had all the pieces together that they thought would be, uh, you know, a competitive team. It's just, you know, like there's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like guards and weird bigs right now. Right. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't like, and that's a, it's a long way of me saying like, I, I don't really know how they're getting it done. It's really impressive. I've been impressed by it. Um, I, I was, I had a bet on them tonight. You and I were going to be heads up, JVT. Uh, I was going to be on uh, too. Uh, yeah. That game gone now, obviously <laughs> that it's the only bet I actually had uh, today so far. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been great, but I do think that they're going to, like, I think they're going to be a team, right? Like, I think Kelly Olynyk is for sure going to get moved. I think there are pieces that are on this team that they're just not going to be able to pa pass up offers on. Yeah, like, I mean, I think your Clippers, I know they've been linked to them, but, like, that is 
I think Kelly Olynyk makes a ton of sense to the Clippers, especially with Zubats out right now. Olynyk makes Nobody. sense for like everybody. Yeah. Nobody can see me raising my eyebrows like up and down, yeah. like furiously. <laughs> it's sexy. Oh, yeah. It's real sexy. That's right. Don't get me. Don't. I can only. I can only handle so much Clippers propaganda. Please. I mean, like, but that, like, that was. I know that was a trade that's been getting kicked around. That made sense even before Zubats went down. Like now, it's oh, like Clippers, like go, like this is this is the type of guy you need, and I think now you push this team over the top. Yeah. Um, the clinic, bro. The clinic. I'm glad. Well, what about the wall? <laughs> Kelly, the clinical clinic. Um, the, the wall is the new stadium thing, right? Was yeah, that the new arena thing I was reading about today? I already, I already bought my tickets. So I'm all, what, I'm all what are they trying to do? Like create a, a black hole experience for the Pretty Clippers much like a, like a fan thing. You know what I mean? Like, okay. you know, like a, I kind of la- laughed as soon as I saw it. I was like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if there's like any NBA team. There's like, so you can count on one hand how many NBA teams could pull off something like that effectively. Man, they knocked it out of the park with the Mitchell trade, by the way. That's kind of the reason that this is all working is like marketing is right. unbelievable. Yeah. And Colin yeah. Sexton has been great too. Like I, I, he's only 25 years old and I'm now looking at him as a potential part of their future. I never thought that would be the case a few months sure. ago. Absolutely. All right. I'm glad we brought that up because they're a hot topic. And I know a lot of people are, are wondering what to do with that team. And I think maybe a playing team, but Kelly hit on the most important angle, which is there is a reality that we look up post trade deadline and a lot of the key pieces are gone outside of some of the key youngsters. And, um, and this is a team that I think is rightfully. So I think even Will Hardy at one point in a post game presser said something along the lines of like, like, yeah, we're playing well, but we understand what the, like the, 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 the path that we're on is or something like that. Like essentially alluding to the fact that like some of these guys can be gone here in a few weeks. Right. So, yeah. yeah. About what we're watching at this point right now at the Utah jazz. Uh, all right, let's take our break. Uh, when we come back, good, man, great news. Great news for Zach and Kelly. One less loss on the ledger because the Jazz were going to get smoked tonight. <laughs> their, their game got delayed. We'll get to the card when we come back. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton, is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, get Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, first up on the docket, Minnesota at Detroit. We can spend a total of five seconds here. Uh, to, let's see, Timberwolves 11 and a half, total 222. The numbers that I'm currently looking at on the screen right now, I'd venture a guess and say absolutely nobody had anything in this game. Nope. I was considering the Pistons and didn't end there up doing it. <laughs> I just think that like for Edwards to be questionable after two days of rest means that he's really questionable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's kind of a chance that he's going to miss this game. And if he does, like, I don't think that they're going to cover this big of a number. I just think that he's so important to what they do offensively that it'd be too hard to, for them to win a game by double digits without him. Uh, and Boyan Bogdanovich is uh, available, it looks like. So that's going to be a positive for them, right? The, part of the offensive turnaround, I mean, and turnaround is like they're like 20th over the last seven games. But part of the offensive turnaround <laughs> for them is that Bogdanovich has been playing better and he's been available for them too. So it was part of the reason why, even though I got lucky, of a part of the reason the other day against uh, Houston, I had bet their team total over because Bogdanovich had been playing well. He actually ended up not playing, but still got over there just by the hook. But Detroit, yeah, 20th in offensive efficiency and non-garbage time since the start of December. What do you guys think? Watch out. Excuse me, since the start of January, <laughs> huh? Yeah, there you go. Watch out. It's a turnaround for that team. You've got you to take the positives when you can. All right, Milwaukee at Cleveland. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, we saw this open up at about 3.5 to 38. Uh, let's see, what did I have in my notes here? Uh, yeah, no, actually, excuse me. I had this opening at five with a total of 238. Uh, we are now sitting at four with a total of 236 and a half. I've got something here, but I'll go to the guy who's been riding the Cavaliers and uh, see if he's back in on the train. Cleveland at home against Milwaukee. No, I'm a coward today. You're, you're, you're more of a man than I am. Don't get me wrong. It is definitely, it would be Cleveland or pass for me. I think I'm going to pass. I'm waiting to see where this number goes, though. I, I know it got bet down. I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it moves back up in the other, you know, towards the buck side uh, as we get closer to game time. If there's a little public money that gets involved going to the Milwaukee side, um, I know you're on the Cavs, uh, so I'm, I'm going to kick it to you next, JVT. But yeah, this was it would be Cavs or nothing. I just don't know if I could get there tonight. So I think it's for me, it's a couple of things. First off, the Cavs are they're five and zero. They're on a five and zero run, right? Five and zero straight up, four and one against the spread. Um, and look, they've played like Washington twice in San Antonio, Chicago. Um, it's not the biggest deal in the world. For me, though, it's a couple of things. First off, they've been at home for two weeks. This is the last game of like a six or a seven to six game homestand. So they've been playing at home. They're actually rested, right? Practicing together. It's always really good in the NBA. Where you can get stretches at home where you can practice and play uh, with one another. And the other thing is, look, the Bucks. Like, they're just not good, man. Like, they, since the start of January, the only cover that this team has is that spot of spots against Boston where the Celtics came in on their fifth game in seven days on the second leg of a back-to-back after overtime. That's the mm-hmm. only cover they have in their last eight games. This team has been subpar on defense, uh, defensive rating of 121 and on garbage time in the eight games that I'm talking about. 16 and 24 ATS on the season. They have trouble with dynamic guards because Damian Lillard, and rightfully so, he's starting to get, I think, rightfully criticized for his defensive play. He has not been playing very well. Donovan Mitchell should be going after him almost every single time down on the floor. By the way, speaking of Mitchell, 79 points on 26 of 51 shooting his last two games. He's been playing extremely well. I'll just I'll take my chances with the team that's been home for the last two weeks. 
just ready to go against an Eastern Conference contender that has trouble with dynamic guards that they have in Donovan Mitchell. So I took four here. Yeah, they did have, what, the one game in France, right? But that is – you're talking about, what, they played three games yeah, in two weeks? Me, yes. Like, but yes. but as, as far as games played, I think it's like three games in literally the past 13 or 14 days, or this would be the third game, right? So this is mm-hmm. – uh, yeah, I, I, there was a lot. I was looking very, very heavily at that side tonight. I ended up passing, but it would be – it would definitely be Cavs before Bucks tonight for me. Yeah, and I appreciate – thank you for correcting me too, by the way. Yes, they went to – they had the three days off and went to France and came back, and they've been home, and they were home before that as well. Go ahead, Zach, you got something? No, that's where I was. I had a lean on the Cavs. I didn't end up taking it. I still might, though. I just think that, you know, this is a really tough team to beat at home in general. So not only are they do they have the rest, you know, been at home for a while, but it's just a tough place to play. And I am with you on the fact that the Bucks look miserable. I mean, there was, the, you know, there's like this early in the season. It went away for like a month yeah. and they looked really good, but it's right back to where it was early on. I don't know if some people are figuring things out or what it is, but defensively, I'm really worried about them. Yep, absolutely. And it's just, you know, Sometimes, like I like to say this, sometimes teams like scream at you who they are. You know what I mean? Like this just might be who Milwaukee is. And and like we've got a growing sample size of data, just about 40 games that tells us like Milwaukee's been screaming at us. We're not as good that the market as the market thinks we are. And you know what I mean? And And that was like, you know, like that month stretch you're talking about, Zach, or, you know, whatever it was around there. Like that was like that was kind of where I guess where I kind of expected this team to be at for the majority of the season where you were talking about the best or, you know, a top two, top three offense in the league, combining with a defense that was playing like middle of the road. But it's always been those times, I think, where we've kind of seen it, and this is, I think, something to keep in mind as we head towards the playoffs with Milwaukee. It's it's every time that defense has started to drift, right? And it's, there's just so, there's so, such a fine margin for error then for what they do offensively. It's like their offense has to be perfect almost every night to go out there and win these games. And it's just, to asking so much of, I mean, I know that we're talking about elite scorers with Damon and Giannis, but I mean, you get any type of competent defense on the other side, like asking them and everybody else around them to be so perfect. It's just, I think it's, it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what, if anything they can do here before the trade deadline. Um, and it, or if they're just not even concerned, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that this is a, you know, the performance overall is maybe a little, is definitely a little worse than I was expecting JVT, but like I, everybody kind of had to think this was going to be, you know, these were going to be, this is kind of what the Bucks team was going to look like very efficient offensively. The defense was going to take a step back and through the course of the season, how are you going to make up for that one way or the other, either within the pieces you have on the team, or you can bring in something from the outside. And I don't really know. I don't know what all they can do at this point. Yeah. I mean, I thought they would be, worse on defense I didn't think they would be bad on defense right like there's a pretty clear distinction yeah, there yeah. I thought you were going to take a step back on that end but to be in the mid-20s and like, like that's yeah. you know yeah. that's bad it's, it's just outright bad and there's plenty of there's plenty of clips of Damian Lillard just putting in half-hearted efforts you know fighting around screens or I don't even think you can fight, call it fighting you know what I mean like just like oh okay a screen <laughs> and like trying to get over it like it's been absolutely ridiculous but well it's, it's funny because you know, they have Giannis, they have Brooks. So you're like, if Dame could just be, you know, below average defensively, then they'll be an average team defensively. Yeah. He's the type of guy that was always like, oh, I'm a better defender than you guys think I am. I just I just haven't been trying. <laughs> right, <laughs> he gets yeah. in the situation and nope, you're the defender we thought you were. Uh, all right, next up, Miami on the road against Toronto. Miami uh, laying about one and a half, two with a total of 225 and a half or 226. Uh, Zach, you've got the floor because I know that this is part of your column today up on the brand new and beautiful oh. VSIN.com. 
Yeah, I mean, I went with the Heat tonight. I just think that this is a game that I I would expect them to win. They don't really lose to these types of teams. The Raptors looked good early on after this trade, definitely more competitive than people thought they would be. But they've lost four straight. They've kind of lost a little steam. I think that that West Coast trip kind of took a lot out of them. And then I just think that, you know, for a team that hasn't played a lot together, to go out and now have to beat a Heat team that is as well coached as any team in the league, that's a really tough ask. And Miami beat up on them the last time they played in Toronto, and that was a game where Bam Adebayo did not play. And I think that Adebayo is going to dominate this game with no Pirtle on the floor. Like, I just think that that's going to be a huge factor, his presence around the basket. And, you know, the Heat have a lengthy injury report again, like they always do, but Hero's going to be out there. I think that that's all you really need is kind of a few guys that can knock down the three because I think they're going to get open looks against this Raptors defense. Yeah, this was uh, ended up being a pass for me. I was trying to talk myself into playing the Toronto side, but just too many red flags right now. Like, like you're talking about Zach with this team. I think I, I don't really know. There was great early returns. Now I think they're probably they're probably right now playing a little worse than they actually are. But I don't know. Now I feel like I just need to give them time before I actually get a better feel for what this team is now. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the better reads that I had. Um, the Utah game right at the end of the West Coast trip. Uh, bet Utah in that one. We talked about that on the pod. Thought that it was probably the end of the success, at least yeah. you know, worth squeezing the juice out of Toronto. And uh, sure enough, last two games, that one and then one against Boston has not looked particularly great. By the way, speaking of injury reports, uh, kudos to Michael Malone for playing the game. How about the troll job yesterday? Did you guys catch this? No, no. Michael no. Malone listing all five starters as questionable <laughs> for the game against the Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> To take a shot at Joel Embiid in Philly just for all five of them to play. Oh, <laughs> it's, man. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, good. I did. What's funny is I did catch, I did catch, you know, a few of the guys, obviously, on the injury report. I guess I didn't put together who was all five starters, though. He had yep. listed as questionable. All five starters. It was absolutely nuts. I was like, looking at it. I was like, okay, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope. Wait, Aaron Gordon. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, this I mean, is. I hope they're doing this every day. I hope he's going to start doing this every damn time they play the Lakers. Then, I mean, the Lakers one is the, by far the most frustrating in the league. I mean, what? LeBron James has been questionable for what, like 27 straight games? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, I think it was a shot at Joel Embiid, and of course, the famous uh, missed game last year at the end right, of the year right. where no, he ducked him. But it was a good shot. It was a good shot, nonetheless. Uh, all right, let's fit in one more. Orlando on the road against Atlanta. Three and a half to four across the board. Total 229 is what we're down to here. I saw an opener of about 235, uh, somewhere in that range. So we've seen this really come down as far as the injury report is concerned for both of these teams. Uh, the usual names that we have come to expect here for Orlando, Franz Wagner, Gary Harris for Atlanta. The big ones, uh, really, as we know, DeAndre Hunter uh, has been out, and that's really uh, all that's worth noting here. So everybody up to snuff. We have anything at all here? I mean, my inclination is always to just bet against Atlanta. I've had to like really tamp yeah. down just like, man, I hate this team uh, for letting me down, but they, they stink and they are one of the worst. Actually. No, again, I keep doing this. They are the worst cover team in the NBA. <laughs> so I, I, my inclination is to want to go against them, but Orlando has really kind of fallen on some tough times. So anybody got anything here? Yeah, I got nothing. The, these two, especially when you're talking about two teams that are playing as bad as these two teams are and, and they play, so drastically different styles too. I'm just like, I, this is, this is a tough game for me to kind of figure out. I, 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 if Franz was on the court, probably have some interest here. Like you said, JVT, I think there's a lot, the almost immediate inclination is always to look to go against the, against the Hawks right now. I just, I can't with, with, with the, with these injuries that Orlando has. 
Although yeah, outside I, of Franz, outside of Franz is about as healthy as they've been in a while, right? It feels like the injury report's been much longer uh, than this on a daily basis. Yeah. I have a lean on Atlanta, but like I feel like at this point, because of our futures on Atlanta, like I need them to win every night anyway. So these are not the type of games where I want to pick them. But I do think that the Hawks, after having lost, you know, an overtime game against the Magic a few a few uh, weeks ago, are going to get their revenge at home. Revenge. And I do think it's a tough tough matchup for the Magic because Suggs is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, but Trey Young absolutely cooks them, so it kind of takes away one of their biggest strengths. And I, yeah, I just think that this is a really tough matchup for them. And I agree. Like if Franz was playing, this is probably a magic spot. But I do think Atlanta's going to probably win in cover here. How about Atlanta? Four and five in their past last nine games, twenty second in offensive efficiency. Of course, wow. of course, their defense is going to be bad. But like the offense is bottom third right now. <laughs> They're starving for that Murray trade. I think. There is a team that is, they just feel like a team that is waiting to be blown up a bit and like reset like that. I, that's the total feel I have for this team. right? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson yards in New York city featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, next up. Houston on the road against New York. New York, uh, six, six and a half point favored. Totals at 221, 221 and a half um, for New York. You know, it's funny, at, at the start of this run with OG Ananobi, I was like, man, I feel like this team's kind of getting overvalued and uh, took the shot. The, the only shot I took was Dallas, right? They were four and a half point favorites on the road against Dallas. Uh, Zach, I, if I remember correctly, I, I recorded that solo, but that was one where you thought you wanted to bled it, and then all of a sudden we saw the injury report. They ended up pulling it out. The Mavericks did. Knicks go on the road, beat Memphis, then come back home, lose outright to Orlando. So what have we made of this uh, this little this bump in the road for the next one and two straight up and against the spread in their last three games with less than stellar offensive efficiency in two of them? 
I, I think that they're like somewhere in between what we saw when they were just got out of Nobi and couldn't lose and what we've seen now. Like, I think that they're probably fifth or sixth best team in the East still. Like, I don't think that trade made them that much better. I don't change the way I really power rate them. So I don't know. Like I, I'm not surprised by really anything. I, uh, I will say after the trade right before they played Dallas, I did a hit um, for our friends out there in New York radio. Uh, WFAN. Is that one of the things? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the question was asked to me, the, the question was asked to me, I mean, when do they lose again? The 25th against Denver? And I was like, eh, there's some tricky spots that are, like, <laughs> that are on there. They're feeling really good about it. But I think this is kind of one where they, they had the early returns, Kelly. The market kind of freaked out. And then you got some pretty high numbers. And we're probably somewhere in the middle right now in terms of the power rating. But I would agree with Zach. You know, if, you, if you've power rated this team on the same par of like, you know, I hate to say it, Milwaukee. Philly, Boston, eh, it's a little too high. Yeah, yeah. no, it is. Uh, it is. This was still, I, this has been, a, I mean, this is a lead of the New York, New York side to me. This has been a look. I think at this point it's going to end up being a pass. This was open five, right? We're up, to, we're out to six, six and a half now, and you're still waiting on Jalen Brunson news. Um, I mean, much like I was for that magic game too. So I, it's uh, I, it was a lean, it was a lean in the New York side at this point, the Lions kind of gotten away from me though. I was hoping to catch it, you know, at five or under that and actually get some brunts and positive news. And then I was going to, I was going to bet the Knicks. Um, but this is probably a stay away now at this point. I'm intrigued by Rockets six and a half, honestly, because I do sure, think that like we talk about all these teams to play the injury report game. I don't think New York does. I think that Brunson's probably a legitimate questionable and there's a chance they're getting a good number. Yes. Uh, so as I as I rush to bring this up really quickly, um, speaking of the Houston Rockets, and you know they've been pretty banged up. Obviously, we know that uh, Dylan Brooks, Tari Eason have been missing some time. We've been seeing my guy Cam Whitmore, baby. He's been playing some good basketball. I think they got a guy here. Uh, now he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but you know, 11, four, 11 and four on fifty percent shooting and just averaging just under twenty minutes. You know, the time in the G League served my dude well. Now. I don't think I'm going to cash 100 to 1 on rookie of the year. But still, I saw something. Just missed. I saw something. Hey, he let it with it. Was it the Rockets in that game? That summer league game, just Kelly, where we were watching yeah. and we were like, hey, like none of the starters for the Pistons are warming up. Let's go bet this game really. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I wish yeah. NBA betting was like that. All- summer always. league's awesome. Zach, it was great. We're watching the Pistons. We're sitting there in the, in the media section. We're like, hey, and who was it? Who was it? So it was like Jaden Ivey, James Wiseman. There's another player that yeah, I was good point. I'm, I'm I don't, forgetting. I don't remember, I don't but there was like three second-year guys that were like carrying that Pistons team, and they were like laying like like six, and we're yeah, like, it was like six, yeah, something like none that. of them are warming up. In fact, none of them are even on the bench. Like they're not even here in the building. And so me yeah, and JVT, random, random me and JVT like two of like twenty-three people actually sitting in the stands. We're like working <laughs> on other things, like on our laptops, and just like watching these guys. Like these guys are warming up in the background, and like at some point, JVT just turns to me and he's like, "Is there like no Pistons guys out there?" I went down. To, remember, I went down to the floor because yeah, yeah, we had yeah. our media. So I'm like, I'm gonna go down there. I'm like, I'm gonna go like look at these guys' faces and like let's see. <laughs> It's a it surreal first, experience. Yeah, it was the first and I think probably only time, I say probably, that I've had like multiple hundreds of dollars on a summer league game. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had to sweat it out too, actually. Yeah, I think we did too. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, little touch and go. A little touch and go, but we got there. Uh, all right. Uh, with that, I swear I have more bets. It's just that they're all later in the day. Uh, I've got nothing for San Antonio and Houston, uh, Boston, or excuse me, San Antonio and Boston. Uh, this is like 16 to 16 and a half to 15 and a half, depending on where you look around. Um, 237 and a half, 238 is the total. Again, there's 238 and a half out there as well. 
Uh, I think this is it's similar to what we saw against Utah, right? A couple of weeks back, like yeah. Boston's got the capabilities going in there and smacking around San Antonio. Uh, the problem is, I think from an injury report standpoint, do we have a couple of notable names? Let's see. Yeah, Drew Holiday is questionable and Christoph Porzingis and Derek White. So I think this is an easy one to scratch off, right? Yeah, I, I mean, unless you're, I, I don't even know how you consider betting this game unless for some reason you're really high on the San, San Antonio Spurs right now. Wow, Spurs are going to win outright, huh? <laughs> I'm just, dogs are barking. I, I'm just saying, like, you can't. Yeah, yeah, dogs are barking. <laughs> the dog has like, no idea what to do with himself in the new house. He's just stop barking. It's crazy. Well, and you guys, you probably don't have anything like decorated yet, right? So it's probably really echoey. So he's yeah, it's all echoes. Yep. It's crazy. <laughs> dogs like, are so stupid. Like you're, you're laying, like you're talking about laying 16 points with Boston, and then like I mean, this total, the, like the total becomes nearly impossible to bet on in, a, in games like this because it's okay. Like yeah, you might want to say you know lean over with the Boston offense and how bad this San Antonio defense is. But what if this becomes a 30 point game by, you know, by the start of the, or midway through the third quarter, it's just all of that stuff you have to keep in mind. I think when you're looking at games like this, I like it would be nothing unless you were somehow interested in taking 16 points. I, uh, Ooh, excuse me. Got to get some caffeine. I, uh, that's right. Um, I told Pam this on Saturday as we were discussing the did the Celtics and Rockets play on Saturday. Am I am I remembering this correctly? Celtics played somebody. Uh, regardless, yeah, looked it up because I think it was the Celtics had a massive game over the weekend where they dropped like 130, 140 points, I believe. Yes, um, Rockets, yes, one forty five. Thank you. Um, so I was telling her kind of that similar situation, which is. Look, if you like, if you want to bet a game, because her whole thought was like, well, why don't you bet this game over? And I was like, well, and exactly what Kelly said, the alternate is betting a, a team total over on the favorite, right? Like that's the one where you're looking because there is a reality in which Celtics, you know, absolutely crush and suffocate San Antonio. They don't do their end of the bargain. And then, of course, the game stays under, but Boston absolutely throttles them. In these situations with big favorites, team total over on the big favorite is a more favorable situation than betting the game over. Would there be any disagreements on that one? No, no, not no, not really. I think that's a better way. But even that, I'd still be a little concerned with just because of pull, you're pulling starters, probably. Oh, you know, but then you get the magical starters. moments. Yeah, I know. Magical the, the, the scrubs. Try, they try way too hard from the scrubs. <laughs> yeah. the, tr- the tryhards that just sprint up and down the floor and just start chucking shots like crazy. God, it's a magical thing. You know how many? Uh, you know how many unders I've lost on those? I know. Oh, it's, it's a brilliant. That was formerly a Pajemski thing, and now he's now he's too big of a part of the rotation. rotation. Yeah, for real. It, it feels like <laughs> just yesterday when I was ripping <laughs> ripping that apart yeah. so often. Growing up right before our eyes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. yeah. Just, just yesterday in consecutive games, I walked by the hook because Brandon Pajemski decided to be a try-hard mother effer. And yeah, yeah, yeah no that's right. Yep. Damn straight, uh, it was bad. It was consecutive right. game. It wasn't even once. Yep, bastard. Uh, we don't mean it. We don't mean it. We're just kidding. Please, this doesn't need to be some expose on no betting. has just made the thing a whole worse. We're kidding. Um, all right, Charlotte, New Orleans, anything here? Uh, 12 point spread, total of 229 and a half, 228, yeah, 229. Uh, nothing, right? Easy. A lot of double digit spreads, a lot of big spreads. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of yeah. boring games on the card today. Could, nothing right. here. Let's go to the good one then. Dallas on the road against Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers sitting about four, three and a half with a total of 243 and a half. Uh, I'll go first here in that I took uh, I took four here with the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, we'll see if he plays. He got upgraded to questionable today. I think that means that he's going to be out there, and I get it. We don't have Dante Exum, uh, but we're going to get, looks like, Derek Jones Jr. and Grant Williams, and, of course, Kyrie Irving, who's been playing very good basketball. And I just, look, I just think it's a number grab, man. Like, the Lakers are not better than the Dallas Mavericks. 
And this number would tell you that they are. I've got home court at two and a half. This number's at four. I get Luka Doncic back on the floor after missing some time. They are five and three in their last eight games, straight up and against the spread, despite Doncic playing in only four of those. They've got the higher upside on offense. And sorry, uh, the missed me with the ESPN headline of Lakers go back to game one lineup against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, it, it's fine, right? It's a fine lineup. They're plus three in the minutes with that lineup out there. I think Dallas is just a better team, so I grab three with them. Or excuse me, I grab four with the Mavericks. I think it's playable to three. Dallas has also been much better than people think defensively. I mean, they have yes. the high upside offense, but like Luca's playing some of the best defense of his career. I think this team is not that bad on that end of the floor, and like that makes it it's a really tough matchup for the Lakers because I don't think they can keep up and attract me with, with Dallas, and I don't know if they can guard him either. Yep, the, I uh, agree. Derek Lively is amazing. Like that yep. is like he's been awesome. Um, this team feels like they are one piece away from being like really real. Um, this was a this was a game I was looking at the under and this 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 number keeps sure. going keeps going up. But man, it's feel too like at two forty four two forty three and a half feels like a lot for these two. So I, I might end up on the under in that game. Um, that was one I had uh, had written down. Wanted to see. Uh, if either of you two happen to be on that. But, yeah, that, that was kind of the way I was approaching this game tonight. And we do have yeah. breaking news, Joe. Ooh, really? What do we got? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Uh, mm, I guess this one. There you go. Breaking. The Indiana Pacers are finalizing a trade to acquire all-star forward Pascal Siakam in a deal that will send Bruce Brown, Jordan Nuora, and three first-round picks to the Toronto Raptors. New Orleans will be a third team in the deal. Okay. That's what I got. So are they getting Brown? Yeah, because Bruce Brown. We know. Yeah, I was because you listed Brown, so I would assume Brown's. Yeah. Good. Good I don't. Know. I don't pick. know. Yeah. No. All the. All. The, yeah. All the players and picks. Yeah. All the players and picks of the Raptors. This is from Woj. Sounds like there still needs to be some details ironed out. All right. So it sounds like that's official. Um. So if you're listening now, just like we're just rewind back to the beginning. <laughs> that stopped me. By the way, I was literally about to say the Mavericks should be going for Siakam, but apparently yeah. they weren't willing to trade Josh Green. So now I don't need to say that. I forget I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and going back to your point, Kelly, about the total here, um, and and to add to Zach's point. The thing that's actually weighing down the defensive rating for uh, Dallas is their issues in transition. They're, you know, they're pretty poor in transition defense. They were 13th in half-court defense. So, like, they're actually – they're pretty solid. They're pretty yeah. well coached. Jason Kidd's a pretty good half-court defense guy. Um, and so, especially when they're – he had that uh, anecdote. of Was it during the playoffs when they made that run to the Western Conference Finals uh, that he likes to start defensively in front of their bench so he can kind of, like, get in their ears and, like, you know, kind of like – you know, so – um, I would agree that I think that I would look to play this potentially under. Uh, but I, I guess no. the yeah, yeah. one of the big things that kind of, or I guess the only thing that kind of kept me away was just checking back in on like pace numbers for these two teams and actually Ninth being and tenth or right, Something yeah, like, like being like being far far higher than I thought they would be uh, actually. So um, that kind of kept me away, um, but I, I, I think it's going to end up being a bet for me, just probably small night. All right. I have I have Tori and Prince over nine and a half points, by the way. I should have said that earlier, but I was yeah, I was gonna I, let you do it. Yeah. He's averaging 14 and a half points per game against the Mavericks this year. He's a good, you know, catch and shoot player. I think this if this does turn into a track meet, he's the type of guy that will benefit from that. And I think he's someone that they need on the floor a lot in this game because of his length defensively. So I think the minutes are gonna be there. I think the shot attempts will be there. I think it's a really low number for a guy that should, you know, play a pretty big role in this game. Yeah. 
All right, last one. Brooklyn, Portland, Brooklyn, six and a half with a total of 221 and a half right now. And I don't know why, but I had a visceral reaction this morning and I'm willing to be wrong on this. And I don't care. The Nets suck. They're not good. They are four and 14 straight up and they have only covered three of their last 18 games. And yet here the market is saying, no, no, no. Not only are we going to make them road favorites, we're going to bet this thing up to six and a half. I'm sorry. You've been the Portland Trailblazers over the course of the last month. How in the world are you out here laying six and a half on the road against Portland? Scoot's playing a little bit better. I just, I'm sorry. I'm taking it on principle. I think the Nets stink. I think the market's been very slow on this, like adjusting their expectations of what was at one point the best cover team in the NBA and is now slowly becoming one of the worst cover teams in the NBA. Sorry, I'm out. If I go down, I go down. I know Anthony Simons is questionable with an injury or excuse me, with an illness. I, I'm willing to go down on the ship, just like those guys on the Titanic that kept playing the music. I'll do it, man. <laughs> the Nets suck. Give me all six and a half of these points. I like it, buddy. I like it. Yeah, they're 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 a team that uh, I feel like I've bet heavily against the past like two weeks too. I, I'm with you. This team is. Uh, I never really got it when they were play, playing as well as they were. It was, felt felt like they were playing too too good then. Um, I'll, I haven't bet it yet, JVT, partially because this number, like you said, this number keeps moving towards the Brooklyn side. So why, like, I'm not rushing to bet it. I would like to see Simons or Brogdon go. I think if one of those guys go, I will absolutely be in on the side with him. I feel the same way. I think if one of them plays, I'll probably take the points and I'll probably sprinkle the money line too. I'm really sour on the Nets as well. I I, I don't understand why they ever moved Thomas to the bench. And that's not because I bet on him to win most of the group player. <laughs> like, like he was their best player the early portion of the season. They took the ball out of his hands and kind of made him the scapegoat. Ever since then, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. So I think they need to change that immediately. I think they need to move on from Jock Vaughn. I, I just think it's a nightmare of a situation. Yeah. Like I just don't understand, again, and I wrote about this in the preseason guide, and it's coming to fruition again. How do you have Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and you absolutely suck on defense? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. not good. I don't understand how those things – like, Brooklyn is at the top of the list of, dude, we have a litany of 3 and D players that would make your team better. And yet when they're all playing, so, Royce O'Neal too, sorry, mm-hmm. nope, we all stink. We're actually like a subpar defense. It, it's just one thing that I just can't. It doesn't compute. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, also this I, I'm with you. It's been odd. It's been odd, and I think they're, they're going to get – they're going to be one of those teams that I think they had an idea for what the future of their team was going to look like, and I think they're going to have to re- – maybe not real – they're going to be forced to reevaluate that with some of the trade requests they're going to get. Right, like there's going to be a lot of trade requests coming in for some of those names that you you just brought up. Uh, that I think is going to make them reevaluate what they're doing going forward here. Also, first game of the team East going West, so you know late start time, all that kind of stuff. So, what do you guys? Think? I did see, I did see that they like there was a report that they turned down four picks for Bridges again, and I feel like they leaked it out, and because it was like we won't we won't accept it this year. I think it was like a try us again. We'll, we will accept it. It's the. It's the the goofy meme, right? Yeah. You know, the goofy <laughs> meme. The, the uh, I'll fucking do it again. Like that <laughs> uh, by the way, Miami flashing up to a four-point favorite as we speak. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, w- I was seeing that as well. Took me yeah. a second. And I was like, oh, yeah, because we just read the thing about Pascal Siakam. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that makes sense. Zach, did, <laughs> Zach, did that bet, play? Zach. <laughs> I was going to say, did that play in at all? Like the, maybe the odds that there's a chance that Siakam's not going to play? Because I actually thought, found it interesting when I checked the injury report this morning. It wasn't even listed, despite the report yesterday. Right, that he was potentially on the way out. 
the thought of him being like out for this game was not on my mind, but like similar to the Dejounte Murray Hawk situation, yeah. like. I think that having a foot out the door is really bad for a team, especially for a guy that's playing 40 minutes a night. So I did kind of think that like that would be a role, but I don't, I can't tell you that I thought the trade was happening. All right. All right. That does it boys. Um, please. I have to stress vcin.com brand new website. The app is sunsetted. It is done. It has died a horrible and painful death. And frankly, now that it's gone, I can speak freely. I hated that thing. <laughs> I think it stunk. So you know what? I'm glad it's gone. Uh, but vcin.com, Zach's giving me a look like, holy smokes, are you allowed to say this? No, I'm allowed to say No, it. no. I was just going to say, I retweeted someone had a really good workaround. If you oh, did yeah. like the app and the simplicity of the app, I retweeted somebody pretty much found a way to make it an app with our new website. Okay, cool. So check that out up on uh, up on Zach's Twitter feed, betting on X. Kelly, you got something to add? You look like you got something on the tip of your no, tongue. No, no. I think uh, I think I saw Mitch retweet that as well. Mitch Moss uh, retweet that tweet as well. Things I just didn't technology I didn't know uh, you could do. But yeah, apparently you can just make a like a website, a a app on your uh, home screen. Yeah. So just do uh, that. Yeah, Kelly and uh, Kelly and uh, Gil were uh, kvetching about <laughs> uh, technology <laughs> earlier today. So <laughs> we, we had Jamie T. Upper and Guestbot who came on right as we were trying to discuss because I know a lot of people enjoyed listening to the app as like a background while they were able to do other things on their phone. And I was saying to Gil, I'm sure there's a way to do that through the web page. And I'm sure it's just settings on your phone, but I have no idea. How to there do you it. go. Cool. But it is a good website and the guys and gals did a very great job yes. putting it together. It looks very good. We'll stress that a lot. So uh, check it out. vcin.com. It has also made me a maniac because that little eyeball with the amount of numbers of people will look at these articles. I want more. So go check out everything <laughs> up at vcin.com. And uh, we will talk to you uh, tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 